Welcome to Please Bet on Football Games. Hello and welcome to Please Bet on Football Games' third episode of The Look. I'm your host, Alex, here with the on-air talent, Joe. Joe, how are you doing today? We're marathoning, and I'm going to try not to curse, because YouTube will not let us make money if I curse within the first five minutes or so. And we're only here for the money. Speaking of only here for the money, we're doing the AFC East in this podcast. Yeah, this will be a fun one. Who's a money grubber? Who should we start with that's a money grubber? I think first we should talk about the, the Bills. Ooh, Stefan Diggs is money grubbing. Or he's not, depending on who you ask. All right, let's jump in. I like that we switched it up a little bit. I feel like that's a good, uh, a good sign for the season. Taking on different roles. We're switching positions. It's important, keeping it fresh. I can't curse, so I use innuendo. So the Buffalo Bills, I have in my power rankings as the number two team in the NFL. PFF has them at five, and Vegas also has them at two. Uh, People agree that this team is good. They are very good. And I think that they're a little underrated because of how the season ended. I, uh, I just finished watching Josh Allen's last two games of the regular season. Uh... It was noticeable how different the team looked after the DeMar Hamlin debacle. Which makes some sense, because they saw their friend die. Yeah, it's going to mess with your head a little bit. If you think back to early in the season, like the first five or six weeks, before Josh Allen hurt his elbow, because remember, he pulled his UCL. He didn't tear it, but he pulled it. Before Josh Allen hurt his elbow, before DeMar Hamlin died, before DeMar Hamlin rose again, literally, the Bills were like unstoppable heathens. And I think that they're going to get back to that. Von Miller also tore his knee. He's going to be healthy. Now, he probably won't play week one, but he'll be back soon enough. The combination of health and, shall we say, emotional security, because I've heard some other... I can say this. Apparently, Josh Allen went through a very messy breakup last year. Compatriot. And we know how that can mess with a guy's head. So, he has a new lady friend who isn't currently breaking up with him. His friend, and the rest of the team's friend, Damar, is not dead. Vaughn's knee functions and bends. Josh Allen's arm rotates. It's a lot of upgrades without changing anything. Yeah, I mean, they didn't change all that much. No, they really didn't. Like, it's a shockingly similar team to last year. Just a little bit older. I mean, they lost Tremaine Edmonds. Boo-hoo. But who cares? Not me. They kept Matt Milano as the important linebacker for That's him. the thing that matters. I think that D-line should get some push. I still don't really believe in Greg Russo. I don't at all. I think he's just one of those guys that is solid like he's gonna play his position he does well in pass and run but he doesn't do great in anything he is zero sugar Calias Campbell yes exactly he's huge but I don't know uh Ed Oliver has been a little underwhelming for what we expected from him I expect him to break out every year and it doesn't happen yeah, he might just be like a solid starter that never is really anything beyond that. Yeah. And then they have, I don't know if it's Daquan or Daquan Jones. It's Daquan. Daquan, and he's he's solid D-lineman. I was going to say, he is the epitome of a solid starter. Yeah. And then you have Von Miller coming back. So I think they'll be able to have a strong front seven. It's the best offensive line they've had in years. And that safety tandem is still there and still very good. Old but elite. And you got is uh, Tredavious White. 
Tredavious White still plays, but he's another guy like Eddie Jackson where it's like... Is he, he still was, good? He was once elite, but he's been disappointing for a few years now, and it's well, maybe he's actually just not that good anymore. Yeah, and he's been hurt a lot, too, in that stretch. So, I don't know. But a guy that was once elite. Yeah, and then they've got a bunch of dudes who are just good enough to play, like Teron Johnson on the other end. And uh, who's the corner they drafted high a couple of years ago? I was getting confused with Booth. Uh, Dane Jackson? No. Uh, Kyrie Elam? Yep, it's Kyrie Elam. He's a slow zone guy. He's not good. Yeah, it's it, but they are in that where they kind of just have some bodies and hope one of them has a good year. Well, yeah, and like Dane Jackson and Teron Johnson are both fine enough corners. Um, one thing that I think will help them a lot... They have Taylor Rapp, too. They got Taylor Rapp? Yeah, that's a great pickup for them. Shit, dude, they should play him at linebacker next to Milano. He can, that Asian boy can hit. And their linebackers are not great. Well, I like Tyler Matakavich, but he'll never get a chance. He's too short. And unathletic. He's a grinder. He works hard. His dad was a coach. Uh, he's white. And we're past five minutes. I'm going to start cursing soon. So the one thing that I think that their defense has going for them, aside from the addition to Taylor Rapp, which is obviously everything, is that uh, Sean McDermott's going to be calling plays now instead of Les Frey. And a little bit more insight onto Buffalo. Where am I getting all this Buffalo intel? Who could ever imagine where I would be getting this from? Uh, basically, Sean McDermott wanted to take play-calling duties on defense away from Les Frazier, and Les Frazier threw a fit, left, and now is quote-unquote consulting with Buffalo, or with the Giants, who is Buffalo light. Um, the fact that the New York Giants, one of the premier franchises in the league, just keeps on picking off players and coaches from Buffalo, of all places, it's kind of pathetic on uh, New York's part. But I digress. I think McDermott will be a significant upgrade from Les Frazier, because I think McDermott knows how to call a second play rather than nickel cover two. That said, they were really good at nickel cover two. I was going to say, nickel cover two works pretty fucking well. For the last two years, the Bills have had statistically excellent defenses and played nobody. So it's just been like, oh, wow, the Bills' defense is sick. Well, they played Gardner Minshew last. So actually, they just played Gardner Minshew. Um, so I think it's been overrated for a while, and I think that, you know, the combination of underperforming towards the end of last year due to injuries, upgrading at defensive coordinator, I think that eventually it all comes out of water. Defense probably isn't very actionable. And the offense, the offensive line kind of stinks. Yeah, it really does. It's gotten a little better, but not, it's, it's a subpar offense. The running backs. Unbelievable depth. Low-key, sick. Yeah. Like, Devin Singletary does not get the clout he deserves. But James Cook is young Dalvin Cook. Like, he was in the doghouse for, like, actually two months because he fumbled on one of his first threes. But once they started using him again, the man is lightning fast. Yeah, and then they have incredible compliments in Naheem Hines, who is... Nope. Oh, didn't he tear his... Jet ski. Yeah, I forgot. Don't jet ski. And then I was going to say a nice compliment on the other end in Latavius Murray, who will bowling ball through people. And didn't they get Damian Harris? They do, yeah. Shit, they have Damian Harris, too. So they have just a stable, an absolute stable of running backs, which uh, is also kind of strange because they don't little, run. <laughs> I was going to say, that's kind of concerning because it signals that maybe they want to run. Uh, it also might just be that they want to split James Cook outside as a wide receiver because he can, and then they'll have running backs to put in his stead. Latavius Murray used to be a wide receiver, six um, I don't think you want him running any routes anymore, no, though. Not, not anymore. <laughs> Certainly not anymore. But 
the idea is just get weapons in the room because they're not going to be able to get good wide receivers because they just they didn't get Hopkins. Hopkins chased the money. Um, the addition of Dalton Kincaid, in addition to Dawson Knox, who's a legitimately good tight end. So Dawson Knox is already a good. And then Dalton Kincaid is. You hate to say this because it sounds wrong, but his comp is Travis Kelsey. That's how he plays the game. That's his style. And Kincaid isn't just any rookie because he's like 24, 25. The guy's got a ton of experience and he plays a heady game. Yeah, he's about to turn 24. So, I'm optimistic that he will adjust to the NFL quicker than most tight ends, especially because he's going to be playing big slot or X most of the time. Pair that with Stephon Diggs, and then they got uh, Deontay Hardy, very quick slot. The guy from the Saints, he used to be Deontay. There were two Deontay. It was very nice of him to change his last name for all of us. He's super. Remember when we were watching that game a couple years ago, and I said, damn, they should throw him just some quick slants and let him get the ball in space, and they did it, and they scored that guy. Number 10. So they got him. He's not, he's very small. He is a gadget dude by necessity because of his size, but he is mad. Oh, I remember him, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's an avenue for their offense to be better than last year. And frankly, they were one snowstorm game after the death of a friend away from being right back where they were two years ago. So this is this is a top five team for damn sure. I think it's the second best team in the league and only because I can't bet against Andy. Yeah, they're, they're really good. Josh Allen is a unicorn in terms of what he can physically do yeah. and often does. You know, he has his blow-ups where his brain stops working or he panics. That does happen. But he can do so much, and it feels like every year he's doing more of that. His, like, he's getting better. There, there is no quarterback. There are a few quarterbacks who disgust, who disgust me as often and to as great a magnitude as Josh Allen. But... He also does, he makes so much incredibly difficult shit look so easy that it just washes it all away immediately. It's remarkable. Because like three times a game when I'm grading him, I'll be like, this dude is shit. Come on, that's not an elite quarterback. Nobody does that dumb shit. And then boom, 50 yard rope. And it's like, oh, it's all, he erased all the bad things. Yeah, he's special. He's special. And I agree that they don't have like, you know, one position group. Well, running back, but they don't really use them like that. Like they don't have three unreal receivers like, it's Diggs. Gabe Davis has his moments, Man. but they have depth everywhere. Yeah. Uh, at their skill positions. Well, the, the whole team is built that way. And so I think they'll be able to kind of do whatever they want. The whole team is at least fine, and then Josh Allen is much more. Yeah, and we already talked about the defense. It'll be, it could be actually pretty good this year. Um, like actually pretty good, not just statistically pretty good. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that'll be a fun team. They're going to be very good, save injury, and I, I agree. I mean, I have them top in the top three. I haven't done power rankings like you though. Want to move on? Let's do it. All right, next up, let's talk about those Miami Dolphins. They pain me so because I love almost everything about this team. Let's uh, let's run through it. I have the Dolphins rated as my seventh team in the NFL. PFF has them at 11, and Vegas has them at 5. So I'm kind of in the middle of Vegas and PFF. We all have them generally in the same area. Their offense is going to be dope, and their defense might be dope. It's ironic that I use the word dope to describe the Sober King coach, but let's talk about him. Mike McDaniel. He does love dope, so it's okay. He might be my favorite coach in the NFL right now. I love him. I love Andy Reid. I've been an Andy Reid truther for over a decade now, but like as in Andy Reid's the best coach of my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And uh, I live for Bill Belichick as well. But man, Mike McDaniel is so aggressive and he gets people open downfield to the extent that even his noodle arm quarterback can hit them. 
Regardless, now he's added Vic Fangio, of all people, as the DC. And Vic Fangio is pretty widely regarded as the best defensive coordinator in the world. I mean, he, he is the pioneer, the godfather, if you will, of the cover four defense that's sweeping the league. It's funny because like everybody was talking about two high coverages last year, like in 2021, and a little bit in the beginning of 2022. And nobody talked about how four high coverages were just running everything, the shells. Bend but don't break defense everywhere. Um, and Vic Vangio's the best at it. He's been doing it since his days in San Francisco. There's a reason he's never needed good defensive backs to put up good defenses. Because his defense basically says, like, don't get torched and my line will take care of the rest. Well, Miami's defensive backs, even without Jalen Ramsey, like Jalen Ramsey, overrated. Very overrated. He's a second cornerback in my book. There's a reason that the Rams moved him to the slot. But he's still good in zone because he's so strong and quick. He's not fast, but he's strong and quick. Mm-hmm. He would have been a perfect fit for this defense. He would have been really good. He's probably out for the vast majority of the year, if not the year. Mm-hmm. Fine. Uh, do you remember the days when Xavier Howard was considered a top five corner? I was going to say, we were just talking about Tredavious White, and now we're talking about Xavier Howard. He's gone through a little bit of the same thing, although his good years have been closer. I also know what happened. Remember how we were talking about Brian Flores in the NFC North podcast and how he's really good, but he does one thing? Mm-hmm. That one thing is man. Xavier Howard is a zone corner. He's he's Marcus Peters. Think of him like Marcus Peters. He needs cover three. He needs cover four. You know, don't have him turn and run. He needs to look at the quarterback and read shit. That's how he works. He's an interceptor. Nathan Vasher, Marcus Peters, Asante Samuel. Don't put him in man. Vic Fangio won't put him in man. God, no. And then you've got apparently... No, we're not doing that. I was about to say Noah Igbenabaneen. Noah Igbo something. Uh, out of Auburn, first-round pick a couple years ago, has been a massive disappointment, but in camp they're talking about how he's been really good. Um, It is a vastly different kind of defense than he has played in the NFL, but what do we do with training camp hype? We disregard it. What do we do with training camp sorrow? We bask in it. We believe it all. You can only hurt yourself before week one. You cannot get better. So you add in Cater Kohu, who was promising last year as an undrafted rookie, like very promising. And Javon Holland, what? Hey, don't forget about that recent signing, Eli Apple. Oh, fuck, they got Eli Apple. Yeah, who? Dude, he's dope as a second or third corner. I, you know, I hesitate to say dope, but no, I think dope. he's serviceable. He is, he is a solid second yeah. or third corner. He is a, an average starter. But yeah. to be able to add him this late especially, like if the Vikings would have added him, oh. would have changed our last podcast. Mm-hmm. He's super memeable, but he's a starting corner. Yeah. It's, he's mostly memeable because his mom is insufferable. But regardless, dude, their secondary is going to be dope. And they have a defensive coordinator who makes the job of the secondary easier. That defense is going to be sick. And it should be. Here's the kicker. Jalen Phillips is ready to explode. Jalen Phillips will be an elite edge rusher this year. I don't know about top five. I do know top ten. I think probably top seven, which is an odd number to pick. But he's really breaking out. Christian Wilkins is awesome. And then uh, Siler, the white boy. Mm-hmm. Quietly very good. Emmanuel Agba, quietly a great third rusher. And then Nick Chubb, nope, Brad Chubb, his cousin, uh, the the most mediocre starter you could ever have. Yes, he is just whole milk. Yeah, like he, he will not necessarily hurt you, but he also provides you dick all. So that defense is, that defense has the potential to be nuts. And then the offense we already saw last year, as long as you don't make Tua think, he will beat you because his dudes will be open by 10 yards because 
That's the best wide receiving core. Tyreek Hill, arguably the best receiver. Jalen Waddle, I say three or four. I think it's hard to put them up there this quickly just because there are so many ridiculous wide receivers. Yeah, but I love them as a prospect too. But yeah, he, for a guy that you look at and go, oh, he should be amazing. And then he shows up and it's really good. You go, okay, yeah, he, he's going to be a stud. Well, it's just you can't cover that much speed. No, it's impossible. And then they've also got out of the slot, they've got uh, our boy that we really loved from Dallas. Uh, Gallup? No, their third, Cedric Wilson. Oh, yeah. He couldn't even get on the field last year. And they added somebody else this year, too. <laughs> Braxton Berrios now, They got baby. Braxton Berrios in the slot? They got, Come on. He's good, dude. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good role for him in a McDaniel offense. Between Cedric Wilson and Berrios, they should be able to get some and, and production out of that slot. Berrios is one of, if not the fastest slots doing slot work. Yeah, they also – Robbie Anderson changed his last name to Chosen now. I thought he was Chosen Anderson. He was, but I guess he's – According to PFF, he's Robbie Chosen. Robbie Anderson <laughs> is very literally the dude from uh, Don't Be a Menace to South Central. He's got the same hair, and he is not sane. Okay. <laughs> so Wikipedia has conflicting things. They have him listed really as – spend this much time on a I'm sorry. Center. I'm sorry, but he's <laughs> changed his name three times in, like, the last year. Correct. It's ridiculous. Wikipedia has both Chosen Anderson and Robbie Chosen, formerly Robert and Steven Anderson. I just don't Go want ahead. people to blame CTE. Can't have CTE yet, guys. It's not how it works. He's fucked up. <laughs> he's he's an interesting cat. There's something wrong with Chosen. What he was chosen to do, apparently not catch footballs. He's bad at that. He's very fast and tall. Um. So, yeah, this offense is going to be dope, except for the one thing is that Tua can't process. He will throw to his first read, no matter what. If you make him think with his noodle arm, he will get picked off because he's not accurate and he does make terrible decisions. Oh, yeah, the offensive line. I love it. It's it's guys that either are really good or people I think should be good. Austin Jackson's the one weak spot at right tackle, and apparently he's finally rounding into form. They're very high on what he's done in camp. Again, it's camp. Don't be optimistic. But even if he sucks and Liam Eikenberg continues to suck, even if they both play like they did last year, this offense is predicated on two, maybe two-and-a-half-second drops. And the other thing about Austin Jackson, I was going to say this about uh, Noah not going to do it. Um, thank you. Is that they got these guys early in those rebuilds because they were like 19 when they drafted Austin them. Austin Jackson was 20 years old and 270 pounds when they drafted Austin Jackson is now 24 years old and 320 pounds. I don't know how much I believe 320, but he's I, definitely filled out. I don't think he can dunk anymore like he could around combine time, but yeah. And no Igben Hogman. Cut that. Um... <laughs> No, we're leaving that. That was fine. Noah is also 24. Like, yeah. these are guys that have played for three years and are just now the same age as guys that got drafted. Yeah, that's true. They're literally the same age as uh, Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, so it's... I think that bodes well for these guys to do a lot of learning in their first few years. So I still have hope for... It's too bad they have such bad coaching, which will never develop their skill sets. This team is a quarterback away from being my Super Bowl favorite, but they happen to have the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. You think he's the worst? Yes. He. I've never seen him process a read. He has the weakest arm among starters. I think everybody can agree upon that. I think Tuanon would agree. Nobody has a weaker arm than him that starts. His accuracy low-key sucks, mostly because he can't throw the ball far enough. 
And again, he doesn't read plays. He throws to the first read exactly when the playbook says he should and doesn't think twice. So God forbid it's not open, he's screwed. And that's why we saw at the end of the year, the last few games, he was playing terribly, not because he was concussed. We actually have a lot of data. Go run any analysis you want, regardless of position. Concussions actually do not affect production whatsoever, which is actually kind of why they're so dangerous. No, I'm, I'm serious. Really? I, I saw this on uh, Bet the Board podcast. Concussions are terrible for you. They are serious things. But part of the reason that people play through them all the goddamn time, as you and I both personally know, is because you can kind of maintain your level of performance. Which is, that's the scary thing. It's, you know, you get your bell rung, you don't see straight, but your instincts are still there. You can still see things. Right, like it's hard to think, but you don't really think when you're playing sports. Exactly. Like I've played several hockey games with concussions. I shouldn't have. Terrible for me. It's probably why I say um too much. But I played well, um, to, to the extent that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, the real reason that he played so poorly in those last few games is because Brandon Staley cracked the code. Brandon Staley played drop cover three zone. So it's cover three, but the cornerbacks start about 10, 15 yards off the line of scrimmage, and he just muddies everything. So Tua doesn't know what he's looking at, and the cornerbacks can keep their eyes on him because Tua doesn't manipulate with his eyes. So the cornerbacks can keep their eyes on him, and they can make plays on the ball. And the ball takes so long to get there due to his weak arm, it's easy to pick. And this is what I keyed in on when he was at Alabama. So... The Chargers did it, and it worked. And the next week, the 49ers did it, and it worked. And the Bills did it, and the Packers did it. And he sucked. Terrible. Te- the worst games of his season. Because there were points early last year where I was like, God damn it, Tua might actually be an average starting quarterback. Not a good one, but an average one. And then he showed his ass, which is the same as his face. That's enough Tua hate. But yeah, th- th- this Dolphins team, like, this is where I wanted the free agent quarterbacks who I care about and root for to go. Instead, they got Mike White. Yuck. Mike White might play some meaningful football this year if if only because of concussions but also possibly because of performance i think he'll definitely play some meaningful football because of injury i don't know about performance but i hope not for performance simply because i want mike mcdaniel to succeed to to a did jujitsu so he can't get concussed now ah that is how it works everybody knows that learning how to get hit helps you be much smaller than all the people throwing you You go to two months with henzo gracie and uh your brain is forever protected i've actually never heard of a ufc fighter having head trauma Mm, they're fine that's why they don't wear helmets either (laughs) all right do we got one more or two more to go two more to go all right who do you want to do next Next up, let's let's have some fun and let's do those exciting New York Jets. The Jets are my 11th ranked team. They are PFF's 6th ranked team and they are Vegas's 6th ranked team. Gut reaction. I know the league is bad. The league is bad. But how in the fuck? Well, you got to remember, these people are thinking of Aaron Rodgers like he's two-time in a row MVP winning quarterback. Like here's the funny thing, if you think just heuristically and I know that we're a little, we live in our own world a little bit, you much less so than me. If you think who was the best quarterback two years ago, your answers are going to be Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. Never in a million years would you say Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't. Three years ago, same goddamn thing. Nobody thinks of Aaron Rodgers as the best quarterback from the Tom Brady in Tampa Bay era. And yet, he won two MVPs. So it sticks with him. So even when he stinks last year, people say, well, he was an MVP. So theoretically, if you added a top five quarterback to a team that won seven games last year with Zach Wilson, eight games, seven, seven, look at me. That was a guess. Oh, my instincts are on fire. If you they, add, they started the season six and three, by the way. Yeah. If you add a top five quarterback to a team that won seven games with Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco, theoretically, you should be getting like 12, 13s. Problem is 
Aaron Rodgers isn't quite a top five quarterback anymore. I have him right around like 13 to 15. I have him as a middle of the pack starter. And the Jets were pretty fucking lucky to win a few of those games. Namely the Cleveland game. <laughs> yeah. So let's just run through the roster. Um, offensive line, bad. So bad. Aaron Rodgers has never played with an offensive line that's not elite, by the way. The Packers always had very, very, very good offensive lines, and he relied upon that. Yeah, I mean, I think there were definitely stretches, like late in seasons, where they would have some kind of... Yeah, injuries. Yeah, glued together lines. But from the start of the season, this is this is a rough look, Yeah, man. one injury, and he's looking at practice squatters. And um, he's 40. He is. He is so old. This is not young Aaron Rodgers moving around. This is this is old Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball away because he doesn't want to risk getting hit. This is old Aaron Rodgers not liking to do play action because he could get hit. Um, so bad offensive line. Makai Becton never been a fan, and he's on his fifth knee. Uh, I don't know if it's quite that many, but yeah, his. I, I think he's very legitimately on his third knee, and he's four hundred pounds. His his skeleton cannot support it, which I don't think any skeleton can. No, it shouldn't. It's too much weight. Uh, his running backs are good. Brees Hall very good Mm -hmm. that's lovely have fun with that Uh, and Nathaniel Hackett will run a similar offense to Matt LaFleur it will be a lot of wide zone runs and Brees Hall will be good in that to the extent his offensive line can hold up I like Michael Carter too Michael Carter good real good both guys can start totally um, wide receivers, they're giving the Dolphins a run for their money. Cause, okay, so I was low on Garrett Wilson in the draft. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was a top 10 caliber pick. I don't think he's a number one receiver. I think he's an awesome slot or second receiver with incredible body control and savvy. Aaron Rodgers is going to love him. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be thrilled with Garrett Wilson. He's exactly the type of receiver he likes to play with. Yeah, and you got Mecole Hardman for deep shots and just general Marquez Valdez Scantling type shit. Get the ball in his hands. He's, he's, he's going to be Christian Watson. And Rodgers deep ball fell off a cliff in the last few years, but it's nice to stretch the field. Uh, you've got Corey Davis, who theoretically has shown the ability to be a good ex. Mm-hmm. And then you got his old friends. Well, Randall Cobb's not going to play. That's that's like a no-bid contract, like a no-show contract in Sopranos. <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers is just like, yeah, my buddy, he's got a paycheck too, right? I don't know why I made him a Chicago mob. I've been here too long. And then at tight end, they got CJ Uzama. That's sufficient. Hey, don't you forget about Alan Lazard. Oh, fuck. I did forget about Alan Lazard. Okay, so if Corey Davis can't be the X, Alan Lazard is the definition of a C-plus caliber X. They, they have a good wide receiver room. It'll be interesting to see because I feel like Rodgers has been able to complain about his wide receivers a lot lately, but never well, about his line, and just, now it's going to be the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> He's just going to complain about his line. Um, it's weird, too, because Nathaniel Hackett won't spread them out. Um, I think Nathaniel Hackett got his name dragged through the mud a lot in Denver because Russell Wilson sucks and is dumb and small. Like, there were open dudes all the time. Uh, shout out to Arjun Menanon, formerly of PFF, currently of the New York Jets, and eventually of wherever the hell he wants to be. Uh, he made a really cool chart using GPS tracking to see where how many receivers were open on a given play. And Nathaniel Hackett had dudes open. Go check his Twitter. It's a picture he posted a few months ago. It's just Russell Wilson didn't see him. And it's on the tape. Dude's open over the middle of the field, but Russell Wilson doesn't see the middle of the field because there are barriers in his way called linemen. Um, the problem is Nathaniel Hackett will run the ball too often, and he will not use more than three receivers at a time. So you're going to have some wasted value. And then anything to add on offense? No, I think you got it. It's it's going to be a Nathaniel Hackett offense. That line is shitty. So bad. 
You hope that by running the ball a lot, they could, you know, manufacture some competence, kind of like the Browns have done in recent years. Yeah, and I they have incredible receiver talent, but I don't know if Rodgers or that offense are structured to let them bail them out. Yeah, no, they're not going to go air raid five wide and let Aaron Rodgers distribute. Yeah, I don't think they'll have... Nor they'll do give, I know that he shouldn't. Yeah, but I, either way, I don't think they'll give their receivers enough opportunities to win them games. Yeah, like, like again, I'm higher on Nathaniel Hackett than the market is because I don't think Denver was his fault. But he is the guy who coached Jacksonville in the Leonard Fournette Blake Bortle on offense. Not inspired. Nope. And then on defense, okay, I think their defense is a little overrated. Like their defensive line gets talked about as being elite. I think it's good. I think it's solid. I don't love any of their edge rushers. Jermaine Johnson is gonna be twenty five and he's a bust. <laughs> I know that Greg Cosell, my mentor, my guru, he doesn't know he's my mentor, but he is. Uh, he loves Jermaine Johnson coming out of Florida State. I didn't see any of it. Uh, they have one of the Lawsons. Carl. They have Carl Lawson coming off injury, I believe. Was he? I know he he was last year coming off an injury. Oh, Did he get hurt again? Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. That... Regardless, he's, he's a smaller speed rusher who's not particularly effective outside of schemed blitzes. Yeah, it looks like he played a good amount last year, um, but wasn't great. Yeah, no, I mean, they don't have, they have, I think they have, uh, do they have Roy Robertson here? Um, they who, who goes next to Quinnen? They have John Franklin Myers. That's who it is. I knew it was one of the former Bears who has too many names. They got a, a Fetty Odenigbo. 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 Odenigbo? I liked him as another uh, speed rusher. They got a lot of guys. They have a stable of B-minus and C-plus dudes, and then Quinn and Williams, who is elite. Yeah, I don't think Ifedi is actually, like, good, but I think he's a good depth piece to yeah, have. Um, I, I like their depth. Even Jermaine Johnson, I think, is a good depth piece just because he's strong. They have Solomon Thomas, too. Yeah, but unfortunately, he's never been good anywhere. Unfortunately. Al Woods. I like Al Woods, that old motherfucker. We're just naming dudes who aren't quite starters. Yeah, no, I mean... I th- and, and this is supposed to be the strength of their defense. Yeah, I see, I feel like they have one of those teams that this defense where you go yeah it's it's good all around because they have a lot of solid starters they don't have many like uh, this guy is horseshit um across the entire defense so i think they're just like a strong unit that has good coaching they do they so salah does the old uh Who's the guy, the defensive coordinator from Seattle, went to Atlanta? Dan Quinn. He does the old Dan Quinn thing. A lot of cover three, a lot of cover four disguised as cover three that effectively works as cover three. Don't get beat deep. Keep things simple. Don't make your cornerbacks run side to side. And uh, so, again, Sauce Gardner. I had Sauce Gardner as my number one cornerback in that draft above Derek Stingley. I loved him. But Sauce Gardner isn't that fleet of foot going laterally quick you know his quickness he's fast in a straight line he's big he's got awesome instincts awesome ball skills but you could beat him on a slant or an in but they run cover three so it doesn't matter he has to go straight back he doesn't have to worry about all the in-breaking shit kind of like Richard Sherman so he gets sheltered from his one greatest weakness he's a perfect fit for the scheme I don't think that he's by any means some kind of lockdown dude who you just say like hey there's your guy just take him out he's not like that you know he's really good at what he does but that's not what he does and then outside of Sauce Gardner I'm not impressed by any of their defensive backs safeties or cornerback yeah let's see yeah, and again, it just goes to, it feels like they have a bunch of dudes that are guys that have played games, that have started, have been given the responsibility, like Jordan Whitehead, 
He's been a solid player for a handful of years. Yeah, but he's a box safety, dude. He don't cover like that. Yeah, but he's still a, a helpful player for that defense. Tony Adams, I don't, I don't know. Has how many snaps has that guy even played? A hundred. Yes, that's not a real player yet. Yeah, I, I don't like their safeties. Their second corner is okay, and then Sauce is very good at what he does. But by nature of the defense, you need more dudes. You. The cover three defense works if you have two or three dudes. You can hide so many, but you need some foundation. They don't have it. So I think it'll be a good defense. I don't think it'll be great. They're not going to be a defense first team. And ironically, I see this season going very similarly for the Jets to how Brett Favre's first season with the Jets went, where they're almost a playoff team. They might even squeak in, but they're not a juggernaut. They're going to be clearly behind the Bills, neck and neck with the Dolphins, in my opinion. The more I look at this roster... They're really deep on defense. Yeah, they're deep. Like, really deep. Yeah. Like, uh, we missed some safeties. They have Jordan Whitehead. They still have Ashton Davis. Ashton Davis has disappointed me like no other. Uh, Chuck Clark, Adrian Amos. Chuck Clark is how old? I don't know, but he's still a guy that can go hit motherfuckers. Adrian Amos is a good signing. Yeah, and so, like, they have a lot of guys that can go play, like, that you can trust to play out there. I don't know. I think it's going to be a defense that... Doesn't really give up big plays. Definitely. They keep it in front of you. They're, and you're going to have to like really fucking chunk at them. And they're going to beat you up because that D-line is good. It's not elite, but it's good. They have a scheme advantage against the Dolphins because Tua can't play against cover three. And what do the Jets run? Cover three. So they have a scheme matchup on him. Um, the Patriots offense just isn't that good. And then the the Bills are going to beat him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, they're still in the middle class. Like, they're not a good team. I think especially because that offense will struggle. But I think the defense is going to be... They're going to be one of those teams where they don't, they're don't. they not as flashy, but they just don't give up yards. Or they don't give up points. They don't give up... I think they'll give up yards. I don't think they'll give yeah. up as many points. And it's going to slow games down. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They just seem like one of those defenses that just piss you off and be like, why no, are they so good? Salah is... I was very pessimistic about Salah when he got hired, and I still don't like him as a head coach, but he has been a better defensive coordinator than I thought he would be. Yeah. Because I thought he'd be the cover three Leslie Frazier, and he's been better than that. Yeah, so I mean, they're still not going to be a good team, but I think they're going to be a terrible team to watch, too. But Well, it totally depends on how Rodgers handles that offensive line, because that could be a disaster. Or he can get the ball out quick, and their offense is very good. Yeah, and they have the receivers to do it. I just think they're going to run a lot. They are. line won't be good. They're going to try and throw themselves out of the holes they dig, and I don't think Rodgers can do that anymore. Yeah. And then the defense, who, shit, they are deep, so they can put up where they got to play a bunch, but... I don't know. I don't think they'll be great. They're in, they're yeah, in that no, middle class. Remember, this and is now a they're hitched about, to forty year old Rodgers. Yeah, this is this is a league about stars, right? Like, and this team lacks stars on both sides of the ball, really. Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be their star, but he's not it. No. Speaking of a lack of stars, finish up with New England. Absolutely. Let's talk about brother Bill. All right, I have the Patriots in my power rankings as team twenty. PFF. Team 20. Vegas? 21. 17. You know Vegas is going to give them the Bill Belichick bump. So the Patriots, number one addition, probably one of the most impactful additions of the offseason. They have an offensive coordinator, and it's not just, like, they went from a bad defensive coordinator calling their plays on offense to a legitimately good offensive coordinator, like a guy who dragged Tom Savage to the playoffs. Like a a guy who's an offensive coach. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, uh, 
your uh, your buddy brother Bill, uh, 365 ago, said, "If our offense isn't working because I hired the wrong guys, the buck stops with me." Where's that accountability now, Bill? It seems that you are still employed. Well, the buck stopped with him, and he decided to forgive himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a tough year. I get it. That that checks out. (laughs) You go get him again next year. It's not Bill who's the problem. What with his losing record over eleven years without Brady, it's the kids who are wrong. (laughs) Horrible drafting tactics. Uh, So. Like I mentioned, the, the Patriots are just a team without oomph. There's nothing about this entire team that's impressive. Uh, I love Christian Gonzalez, their first-round draft pick corner. Several teams made egregious mistakes by not getting him, including and especially the Lions. I'd rather have an elite corner than a running back who might be very good. Yes. Uh, especially when I don't have corners. Yeah. So their cornerbacks will be good. Their safeties will be fine. Their linebackers will be fine. Their defensive line will be fine. And Bill Belichick will continue with his son Steve, who got that job off of merit alone, and Gerard Mayo, who got that job off of merit alone, but actually kind of, because Gerard Mayo is very good. Yes, he is. Um, But also happened to play for the Patriots for a decade. There's a lot of nepotism and cronyism in this team, which is probably why they've been making the playoffs so consistently for the last four years, right? (laughs) So... Matthew Judon will get his schemed sacks. They just signed Trey Flowers. He will get some schemed sacks. Josh Uche will get some schemed sacks. But none of these guys are like true difference makers. When you play against a good team, when the marrow, when it's down to the marrow, they're not going to produce. Christian Barmore has potential. He has not realized it. He's had a couple good games, but for the most part, he's been an average starter. So the defense, it will be very well schemed. It will be very well coordinated. It will have nothing special to it. It will be beatable by good teams. It's why we see the Bills just do nasty, unspeakable things to the Patriots every time they play outside of a tornado. And then on offense, it's it's the same fucking story. Are they just the Jets, but worse, in a little bit of a line? Um, It's a similar thing. Because, like, again, the Patriots have, like, four capable wide receivers. Yeah. Like, they and they have a lot of depth on the team. Like, the defense is very similar in that there are a lot of good players. There are no real stars except a cornerback, a young cornerback. Oh, and the Jets have... Yeah. yeah. It's and, the same damn thing. Yeah. And, then, I mean, Barmore could get there... Not there yet. Um, Right. So they have the edge there, and that's why I say maybe a little bit worse. But it's like just a solid defense of guys that should be good or have been good in the past. And it'll be well disguised and well schemed. Yeah. So that defense is going to get it. But then you go to the offense, and they have a few offensive linemen, and they still. And did Skarnakia retire? Skarnakia has been gone, but that offensive line will be fine. Like Cole Strange, that was a dumb pick, but you still got. Big Trent at right tackle. Trent Brown is a sick right tackle. Is he playing left? They got him at left here. I who knows how accurate PFF is. Well, Trent Brown flips around quite a bit. Um, yeah. Connor McDermott, that's not good. He's the right tackle. We're getting into the. We're doing the thing where we go through every offensive lineman again. Basically, their offensive line will be mediocre. It'll be enough, and then it comes down to Mac Jones, who sucks, but Bill O'Brien, who's good. It all kind of nets out to a very average, slightly below average offense. They got a good running back. But this they team is destined running. to go eight and nine. Yeah, I think they're going to go eight and nine. And the Jets will go nine and eight. Yeah, I, I think that totally. That's exactly what I feel as well. Like I think they're similar, and they're both like decent teams. So I mean, but we, we not can't good. we can't really fade the Patriots off of this. It's impossible. It'd be tough to fade the Jets just because they don't really have holes, 
And Aaron Rodgers can't, has to be better than Zach Wilson. Yes, no matter what. Like even we can joke about his him getting worse and he can't you know really throw it downfield like he used to. But Zach Wilson is brain dead. Yes, no matter what, he is still a guy that has played professional quarterback for like fifteen years. And he has hands that are not those of babies like Zach Wilson. <laughs> And he is not a complete emotional child like Zach Wilson. Well. <laughs> Maybe in a different way. They, he doesn't sleep with old women like Zach Wilson. He sleeps with mediocre looking women who are rich. I still just think of Zach Wilson when he was on the red carpet for the draft and looked 12? like the most out of place individual that was just like, oh, I just got teleported here from middle school and... I don't know what's happening. I'll never forget. I watched like th- three games of Zach Wilson's, t- his final year in college tape. And I was like, eh, I see some things, but I'm not that impressed. Let's go back to the year prior, because that was the COVID year. Let's go back to the year prior and watch him play against USC. Two minutes in, I paused it and I wrote down in big, bold letters, dude must have tiny hands, panic fumble machine. Dude had tiny hands. Dude, panic fumble machine. But back to Mac Jones. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Well, Mac Jones is the better version of Tua. He's probably got the second or third weakest arm amongst starters. He's not nearly as cerebral as people wanted to paint him as. Turns out, stats and lack of athleticism don't make you smart. It means somebody was smart near you, but that could have been Brian Dable. Who was their offensive? I think it was Dable. Was it Dable or Kiffin? Or was it Sark? It was Kiffin. Or Sarkeesian. Oh, yeah, it was Sarkeesian because my comp for him was Mark Sanchez. Yeah, they, they used to think Mark Sanchez was a very brilliant processor as well. I'm not joking. That's what all of his scouting reports were about. He had Sarkeesian. It turns out Mac Jones didn't need to be smart in a simple offense with elite wide receivers, such as Jalen Waddell. Alex has pulled up a picture of Mac Jones being drunk and or high as all fuck at his graduation. That's your Irish brother, son. McCorkle makes us proud. Not really. With his two DUIs. Well, one of which has been reported. That's just living up to his family name. So, like, there's not a lot to say about the Patriots. Like, yeah, we have the hot take that Bill Belichick is severely overrated, but they're going to be okay enough that it's not actionable. Yeah, the the Jets versus Patriots games this year are going to be... Boring. They're going to be... I think they'll be, like, good football, but fuck is it going to be boring. Compared to last year, that was just bad football and boring. Nothing makes me happy like the Bills playing the Patriots. No. I love it every time, because they just fucking demolished them, and Bill Belichick's legacy sinks every time. And, and you know Bills fans who just got shit on by that franchise for like 18 it's, it's years? It is. It has to be. It's just, it's got to be incredible. I'm happy for them. Hey, we didn't keep it under a half hour, but we're closer. Yeah, this one's much better. All right, that's going to do it for the AFC East. Uh, in summary, the Bills, still dope. The Dolphins, unfortunately, almost flawless. If they just had any mediocre starting quarterback, they would be dope. They would be the best. Um, they, like, literally, they'd be my favorite team in the league if they had QB 16 or better. Uh, and by favorite, I mean, like, I think they're the best. Um, the Jets, no holes, solid everywhere, going to disappoint some people at quarterback. They'll be a winning team, and they might be a wild card team, but they're not going to be, like, a contender. And then the Patriots will Jeff Fisher out as Bill Belichick is wont to do. Yeah? Yes, I think. 
think that is a uh, a good summary. I feel the same. The AFC East, really interesting, but not very actionable. Yeah, I think that's where we're at. I'm sure that'll change by like week two, but... Yep. yep. Well, I mean, dude, there's... Oh, yo, let's toss some good bet. Uh, week one, Monday Night Football, Jets versus Bills. Bills minus one. Are you fucking uh-huh. kidding me? Uh-huh. And I got buddies saying, you got to put everything on the Jets. They got Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be lit. Yeah, they'll be excited, but can they execute? That's... Even, even if Aaron Rodgers was as good as Josh Allen. Spoiler, not close. Even if he was. It's a dude's game. It's a dude's first game in a new in a new team, a relatively new offense. It's, he's familiar with it, but not everybody else is. Getting used to new receivers with a an offensive line unlike anything he's ever dealt with before. In a crazy offseason as well. Against a Bills team who has been chomping at the bit because they feel like they disappointed. It, the, the Bills are going to win. Yes. So that's the best bet. Take it to the bank. Cha-ching. That's the AFC East. Please bet on that football game, Austin.